Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 616. Science Faction, Origins of the Black Death and the End of HIV. Origins of the... Rats? It's rats, right? And then, like... They're also the origin of HIV? Is that what we're saying? Or, no, no, no. Didn't we talk about the gerbil no. being the actual cause no, of the Black we... Death? So they're also HIV. No, no. It wasn't gerbil. Uh, it wasn't HIV. I'm not sure. It was sure. the Richard Gere gerbil. It was that gerbil, specifically. Okay, first of all, that is homophobic. I, I wasn't currently. Hey, kudos to you, Richard Gere. I'm sorry that your your, your sex toy uh, uh, was uh, was the monkey from Outbreak. To perpetuate the myth that it was only gay gerbils that had HIV is a homophobic and offensive thing for you to do, Oh, no, no, no. Any gerbil that could have been victimized by an A-list celebrity of the early 90s, late 80s. I I don't think the gerbil had a sexual orientation or was particularly attracted to Mr. Gear, as breathtaking as he is. The gerbil had a sexual orientation. So now you are dictating the sexual orientation of animals that existed before you were born. I was born in 89. I was born in 85. Was that when the gerbil happened? I don't know. I, I just, I'm trying to think of like the uh, Richard Gears window. He had a big window and I'm pretty sure I was alive for damn near all of it. I don't know if you were alive for the gerbil times. I, I guess what I mean is you, you can't just tell a gerbil he's not gay. Like that's not your place. You know what? I'm, I'm finding Richard Gear gerbil. We're going to find out when, when when that happened. I don't mean to change this to civil rights faction, Damien, but I'm not going to let you sit here and dictate to gerbils that may be listening what they may or may not feel towards gerbils of the same gender. I am super grateful for any precocious gerbil who tunes in, who go, who has an iPhone, goes to the, gets the, gets the iTunes app, uh, gets the podcast app, then downloads us or Stitcher or whatever. I respect any gerbil who has their shit together. You are being facetious and offensive. Everybody knows gerbils are Samsung people. Like you, you piece of shit. Get an apple. Uh, dear, and if you want to get an apple, I guess you get a free one. If you join our Patreon, you don't actually get a free one. Don't try that. But if you, if you join our Patreon, you will get an extra episode of Science Faction every single week. It is called I Call BS, and it is watching somebody try for, I think it's going on 17 straight years to play a single, very easy quiz game, and yet weekly manage to get it wrong every time. I don't know what the odds are on that. We need a statistician to, to count up about all the tries he's done and the fact that he's failed every time. But we play a game that Damien loses literally every time he plays weekly for, I don't know, it's four decades, you, three yeah, decades? Yeah, something. Yeah, you said 17 years, now it's four decades. You know, like, like at least... <laughs> you, said the, you said four decades. I'll go with you. No, Why no, not? I was okay, repeating you. Decades. I was repeating you, piece of shit. Let's not, let's not get into semantics. I was, reading the, four, I was reading the email. You, weekly, you have been you have been getting this wrong weekly for four decades, as you were just saying. Go ahead. I, I swear to people, you're listening to the Fox News of Science podcast. This man's full of lies. He's lied like 30 times in the last minute. Keep talking gerbil and Coulter. Why don't you tell us more about how gerbils can or can't feel? I'm gerbil. First off, I'm more of a gerbil Sean Hannity. 
if anything, because me and the gerbil play. Oh, you wish. Me and the gerbil. You are, you are gerbil Tucker Carlson at best. <laughs> Greg Gutfield. I'm like Greg Gutfield. Nobody knows who I am. And, uh, and like, I've been labeled a comedian for some reason, even though I was just like the funniest guy at the Fox News building, I guess. Well, he hasn't said the N word in the last 10 minutes, so, uh, I guess he's the best person we could put on air. Uh, dear. Ironically, that used to be the, the benchmark for getting on the air. Yeah. I could name people like, there's a ton of people at the Fox who are on Fox News TV who, who your average sane person wouldn't know. That's me. I'm the Brian Kilmeade of this podcast. You're gerbil Brian Kilmeade. Yes, I'm gerbil Brian. I could go on the subway and nobody would call me a hate monger despite all the things I say because nobody knows who the fuck I am. And let's move right on to science. Articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. And I suck Steve Ducey's dick regularly. <laughs> I don't know who any of these people are or how it applies to your, your gerbil bigotry. Fox and Friends in the Morning has Brian Kilmeade, Steve Ducey, and a third one. And the only reason I know that is because I loved a show put out that was on Showtime that was incredible called Our Cartoon President. It was by Stephen Colbert, and I wish more people would have watched it. Okay. Okay. And now, angry, now, I'm going to do more angry video TV recommendations. I recommend that everybody go out, get Peacock, and watch Girls 5 Ever right now. It's delightful, and it's a Tina Fey joint. Oh, dear. All right, article number one, the origin of the Black Death. See, we I remember on this show, years ago, we, like, covered, it wasn't a gerbil, but, like, let's say placeholder. Right. It was a Richard Gere gerbil. And then we went back and said, no, 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 it was the rats. Are we are we are we flip flopping again? No, we're sticking with rats. But so this is so this is kind of interesting. So let's let's talk about this. We'll we'll, we'll review this very very interesting article. But you have to kind of get into the details to figure out why it's actually so interesting. So we may have found the origin of the Black Death. So let's start by reviewing it. So Damien, off the top of your head, what is the Black Death? It's a bubonic plague, right? It's a bacteria that. It is a plague. Yes, yes, exactly. It is. So it was a specific instance of a plague infection, specifically the second great plague event. The first one happened like 500 to 700 years before or something like that. That was the first big wave that came through. Uh, then it's quieted down for a bit of one little while. Then the second wave came through. That was the Black Death. That wiped out like 50% of Europe. Actually, we think 40 to 60% of Eurasia also took out a bunch of North Africa and stuff. You're talking about hundreds of millions of people wiped out a significant portion of the people walking around on the face of the earth at any given time. Uh, when do you think that was, Damien? The first plague? The second one, the one we're talking about, which is called the Black Death. The Black Death refers specifically to the second series of plagues. Uh, I mean, if you're talking the second plague, I, I thought there's going to be a trick question. So the, uh, the the first plague, I'm going to guess, uh, happened before the big one in Europe, the big Europe plague bang, uh, which was the Dark Ages. I'm going to say that's the second one. The first one is a one that I don't know about. This is the Black Death, which refers to a specific version of the plague sweeping through Eurasia that wiped out, again, half the people on the, that, in like most of the known world. Like, half the people. So, Damien, when do you think, when you hear about the Black Death, when do you think of that happening? It could be just a century. Just give me a, a random time frame that you think of it happening. In. The 14th century. You're right. It is the 14th century. I'm out. I'm on a high note. <laughs> That's it. Hang up these headphones. Zero answers ever right on iCallBS, but one answer right in the main show. You That's fantastic. lying sack of shit. Thank you. I have been working out. You have yeah, not. So, uh, they, 
I've seen you. I can see you now. Your pudgy cheeks. You have not. That's true. That's true. That's true. But I thought about it. So, so. <laughs> you, 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 you giving your, you giving your son a weak, undeveloped lats to look up to growing up, bro? Don't you think your son would want a dad <laughs> who went in there in the gym four times a week, blasted his lats, smash lats, didn't skip leg days, gave his quads the what nope. for? What kind of man yep. you, you bring your son up to be, bro? Yeah, steroids might make you hit him more, but they'll also make him remember you more. Yeah, I mean, Bobby, right now you're going to be a boring dad. He's going to be like, what, dad? Oh, yeah, that guy. But if you hit him, he'll remember you. Oh, by the way, I'll, I'm boring dad. Just so you know, today I woke up, I uh, I took my son to the zoo for it to be opening, then over to go see a model of an SR-71 Blackbird. And we drove by, picked up like the best cookies in San Diego. Then we went to a toy store and then we went swimming three times in between a scooter ride. I think I think he's got the What'd dad What'd you get about the toy store? I know you. You're, you're not. You're not, the, you're not the doting, gift-giving dad. So, so, no. so, did you give him the toy store to mock him? These are the things you'll no. never have. <laughs> we had to go shopping, and so instead of going to a regular store, we went to like a department store, so he could also go go up and down the toy section. And he knew he wouldn't be able to buy anything, and it still makes him happy. So, ha. Huh. Yeah, because he he lives because you have him hooked on desire. Like he's just gonna be like he's just gonna find the kid with the coolest toy collection and pretend to be his friend in school. He's not gonna value real friendship, Bobby. And if he did that like the Black Death, he <laughs> would take out 50% of the population of Eurasia at the time. Your son is a menace. He's a fucking menace. <laughs> so fucking needs to be taken care of. So I had always known that the Black Death like wiped out Eurasia and it was a big deal. I had always heard that and then it killed 50% of people. And I always marveled at that number. Like, think about that. Think if somebody, something came through and wiped out 50%. Again, COVID is taking out one and it's fucking up our lives. Imagine 50%. It's, it's unbelievable to think of. I think COVID had to take, uh, if COVID took out 50% of people, then that would, that would be, because a lot of guys I knew, like guys who I didn't think were as learning disabled as they were pre-2020. Their big evidence was, if this is a plague, how come not seeing corpses piled up in the street? How come there's not not four horsemen of the apocalypse riding in the sky? To be fair, you could just be like, go look, look at pictures from India. You will literally see that. Go to a nursing home. But what I always thought is, I always thought this was a protracted thing that would like happened. I, I don't know if you had gotten this impression. I thought the Black Death was something that happened over like 100 years or something, right? The Black Death happened from 1346 to 1353, with, by the way, the majority of the Europe being affected in 1347 to 1351. It was four fucking years. So what you're saying, I mean, did it happen more like it swept through this village, killed 50% of people yeah. real quick, and then because the world is not that interconnected, it'd go to the next, and, and, and it was just a slow march across Europe, and that's what it t- was? Yeah, it was more probably more like a spider web, and there was probably some reinfection and stuff, but still, just fucking crazy. Just crazy. Think of the world being turned upside down at that. Uh, by the way, and this is kind of like a side note, that's the second major event to happen in Europe in 30 years, because 30 years before was the end of the Great Famine of 1315, which itself killed 30 to 60% of the population of Europe. In 13, between 1315 and 1317, oh yeah, and the fucking Mongols just came about a hundred years before. But that's, that's Eastern Europe and that, that, you know, you can still tell, you can still see what the Mongols did to this day when you're like, oh, here's Germany. Now let's go to Belarus. Oh no. First off, I was, I was detained uh, as an American agent as soon as I entered Belarus. So 
it is just crazy to think like that has to be the worst time in in history to live and and to, to die this way and like obviously you know we've talked about it before it is spread by fleas this particular bacteria and this is a time that's pre-oral sex yeah well <laughs> it was it was a torture it wasn't done it was like all right now you've you've done yeah you got to go down on the missus and she's going to go down on you, and then you're both free of murder. That's <laughs> that was that was actually the original purpose of the stockades that you see. Is that was why <laughs> it was the only way to get oral sex from somebody. <laughs> That's why you had the two handholds, is so you could jerk off two dudes while you did it <laughs> in the town square. Be, be touching the jiggly bits. Hey, you know your punishment. Don't be throwing tomatoes at them. This place is for touching genitals. <laughs> That's where you get the old medieval saying, one in the mouth, two in the hands. <laughs> it's, it's changed over the years. The Catholic Church had a thing or two. Yeah, it was one in the mouth, two in the ass. But but, but, <laughs> Bobby, with your knowledge, good God, if you're, with your knowledge of, of uh, history, your average homeless person today... You know, let's just say a person without, you know, minimal, minimal psychosis, just your average homeless person has had his access to a bath. Who smelled worse, your average medieval peasant or that homeless guy? Peasant, because homeless guy still gets baths routinely way more than like a medieval peasant. Yeah, from horny Damien's as they pass. Let me give you a sponge bath. And when they do get, you know, resources through social services or whatever, there's usually like modern day soap and technology. Like your bath isn't like a creek where you smash your leg with the nearest rocks to like try and get the dirt off from the last year and a half. You know, from movies lied to me. I, I had the feeling that like every medieval village had a lake close by and they would just go swim in the lake unless it was Loch Ness because that is haunted by a dinosaur. They would also poo and pee in that lake though so you know. I mean yeah I mean yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I got nothing. <laughs> so as for why the Black Death was so bad again you know we had plague outbreaks before the first great plague outbreak it was bouncing around in local plague populations uh, local populations before that the small outbreaks we think it actually came from this particular from a very specific place in Kyrgyzstan. So this particular article highlights a really interesting discovery that looks at the possible origin point of the plague. Now, we had always known it had come from either Central Asia or East Asia or something, but a novel discovery came by looking at a bunch of these, like, these villages from Kyrgyzstan from, like, the 1330s that showed these massive die-offs. I mean, huge die-offs. So the individual they ended up sequencing the the DNA from, and, and we've talked about this before, they were able to get ancient plague DNA usually from the inside of the teeth of plague victims where the, the remnants of that bacteria stick around. They went to the this, this cemetery in Kyrgyzstan and the person they found was this 40-year-old woman. She had died in the 1330s. So the cemetery she was in was active for 100 years. Over a quarter of the people buried in that cemetery in that 100 years were over a span of two years that she was included in. So basically... 25 plus percent of the cemetery needs of a century were used up in two years because something fucking swept through here. And it turns out to be likely the origin point uh, of this particular version of the plague, the Black Death. And the reason they were looking here is some novel ancient DNA that looked at some earlier forms of it, uh, earlier forms of the Black Death, and seemed to find that a similar version was existing in native marmot populations in the Kyrgyzstan area. Then they did some looking around, found these big cemeteries at around the same time. Then they dug 
up one of the bodies, then they cracked open the teeth, sequenced the DNA, found the Y pestilence, found the plague bacteria, and found it got a genetic sequence and proved it to be basically near the diversification point, the lineage of breaking off from the Mormons into people and then spreading and becoming what became the Black Death that killed most of the ancient world. Killed more than 50% of people, known people in Eurasia and part of North Africa, just fucking unbelievable like this is the fucking wuhan market of the thing that killed that set back you know society hundreds of years and however many people it's a marmot not a dog like what like like did they go to the early catholic priest of the time like father i have sinned i coveted my neighbor's wife and he goes all right uh, give me three hail marys and rub a marmot all over yourself for an hour and <laughs> is that how you think it goes I don't know what you would use a marmot for. I mean, they're they're, they're mongoose relatives, right? First of all, you can use a marmot for a lot of things. Like you can eat them, you can cut them and skin them, you can make little hats out of them. You can put tiny little yokes on them and have them plow small, somewhat useless fields, but adorably so. <laughs> you can. I plant jelly beans here because it's cute. <laughs> you... You can tie all four of their feet together to create what they call a Kyrgyzstan soccer ball. You can launch them out of uh, nearby potato guns or catapults. Wait, is, is a mar- marmot's like a weasel? Are you saying it's a family of creatures? So like, no, it's that what? You no, know, it's like yeah, it's this little like a like a ground squirrel thing almost. Like it's a, like a woodchuck. Oh, a woodchuck. That's an animal you just rub all over yourself uh, if a priest tells you to. That's from what I understand. <laughs> The only time I've ever heard of a marmot is in a Big Lebowski would like he's like high in a bathtub and goes, is that a marmot? Right before he throws the ferret in the tub with them. <laughs> One trick is to tie like 40 marmots together uh, <laughs> to make what's called a Kyrgyzstan beanbag chair. <laughs> and they're still alive, but th- that's part of the fun. I thought you were going to go with like an early prototype Santa who instead of uh, had like 12 <laughs> reindeer had like 400 marmots. <laughs> Use them all to, for different forms of child punishment. <laughs> like, it's just like, like, so. <laughs> You're killing a child for lying one time? Feeding them to, there's no lesson in that. Very, very interesting if we are seeing kind of near the origin point of that disease that changed the history. Well, just think of how like how different everything would be. The populations of Europe would be different. The histories of Europe would be different. The wars that came later, the conquests, the borders of countries, uh, the advancements of empires. Fucking World War II would be different. Who knows? Maybe maybe somebody 100 years before Columbus is going to be running out and, and crossing the ocean because advancement goes so fast because you don't have half the fucking people on Earth die off. I would argue that uh, maybe if, if it doesn't happen, maybe the, the bacteria resist or the conditions that that created these repeated plagues, maybe the survival mechanism that for Europeans isn't their bacterial resistance anymore. Maybe it's something else. And maybe we don't cause a new world genocide with bacteria. Eh, we had too many other shit. It was, wasn't the only problem. That's, that's a soup problem. And you're just taking out the celery. You know, you still got a lot of beef broth and meat in there. That's the yeah, best part. The celery? Yes, yes. We're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> I hate calories. <laughs> I, I need food that costs me I, calories. I can take diversity of opinion, but I can't take a liar. <laughs> and I know right now you are lying. <laughs> you started the show with 30 lies. Article number two. <laughs> a one-shot AIDS treatment and possible vaccine. Age treatment. Let's do it. Because uh, right now, 
Bobby, you and I know com- comedians who brag about like, well, taking my, I, don't, I, f- I forgot the name of the drug, but taking that tonight because I'm getting horny and I'm hitting the down. Right now, the, I mean, first off, that medication doesn't sound cheap. And and health insurance is, is, is hard to come by here in the States. So for somebody to, that's kind of a power move, like to be taking these, these, uh, these AIDS prevention medicines. Like, that's right. I have a good job with healthcare. <laughs> oh yeah. Like the prevent pills and stuff. I see what you mean. Yeah. They do have those like, yeah, the, the, they're kind of like pill prophylactics in a way. Very, very interesting. No, this is you very, this is different. And then it can't, nothing can go in. Yes. <laughs> it expands. It's made out of a sponge material <laughs> with spikes. <laughs> oh God. You have to remove the penis to get the fill out. It's got a one-way valve, so water can go up, but not the other way out. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, which, it makes it just—it makes it much more dangerous, to be honest. Yeah, it's, which is good because I regularly go to the watering hole with my penis to drink. <laughs> you, gotta, I mean, you gotta wash it out every once in a while. I don't want to have to choose between an HIV prophylactic and being able to take a cool sip of stream water with my dong. Sometimes you hook the pressure washer up to the ins- you got the urethra attachment at the end of the pressure washer. <laughs> you just go and you clean it out. You know, that's what you otherwise you're doing it dry with the with the compre- air compressor, you know? By the way, new new Russian, like I don't know if the KGB has already capitalized this, but uh you got me thinking about it. Pressure washer balls. You get any okay. you get as much information <laughs> as you want out of Americans who traveled to do a science faction episode in Belarus. I feel like, yeah, you just, that was your, if you were the Matt Damon writing the long equation on the board, yours <laughs> is just pressure washer plus balls equals, and then question mark. <laughs> and a Harvard professor comes after this. Did you write this? <laughs> fuck you. No, fuck you. You ruined my equation. I, 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 this was this was a legitimate math problem that you just you you drew a, car, a caricature of a Russian dude. I'm guessing, judging by the hat, spraying what looks like a, 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 a blonde host of a of a comedy podcast in the balls with a pressure washer. By the way, kudos to you. I, it easily could have been a gun. <laughs> and, then, and then you just yell, how do you like them apples? And run away. And the guy's like, that's not even how it worked in the movie. You've got the scenes wrong. You've got them wrong. Apples and oranges. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of works. All right. So we were talking about Goodwill hunting. Oh, uh, yeah. Super interesting article out of Israel. So it gives the potential to have something that could not only be an HIV cure, but actually an HIV vaccine as well. And it's not too far different than some of the stuff we have already talked about. So background, you always all know about HIV. It is a virus that actually affects your immune system, infects your T cells. And so when your immune system goes to fight it off and it first gets infected, it infects those T cells, takes over, bursts, goes and kills all the other T cells. Soon you don't have an immune system. In the old days, you used to die of AIDS. Now we have some drugs that can keep it under control, but you have to keep taking those drugs for the rest of your life. And they're expensive and costly and have side effects and there are other negative side effects. And we'd like to just get rid of that disease. But unfortunately, even in people who are under treatment for decades, the virus just kind of lays dormant. And then as soon as it gets a chance, i.e. when you stop taking that medicine, it bursts out and starts fucking you up again. There have been now two people, I believe, who have been actually permanently cured of HIV and they were done using very interesting surgical intervention that took 
took the bone marrow, which is where your immune system is produced, where those T cells are produced, and replaced it from somebody who had HIV and a type of cancer, replaced it with the bone marrow donor, donor for that was immune to HIV, therefore giving this person an, an immunity to HIV or an immune system that was immune to HIV, and the HIV went away. Uh, we've done, since done that a second time. Those have been actual cures. They're incredibly dangerous, incredibly costly. Only very, very select few people could do it. You have to have the right donors. You have to wipe somebody out. Costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. Could kill them. There's a lot of reasons why it's not the way to actually cure HIV. But you can cure HIV that way. And that has really been the only way we've ever effectively, permanently done so. Well, very interesting article talks about the ability to possibly do it literally with a single shot by engineering, using genetic engineering inside your body, B cells, which are another part of the immune system, the part that produces antibodies, to produce HIV antibodies basically uh, indefinitely and to produce them extensively when exposed to HIV, which in the animal models we are seeing is producing a ton of HIV antibodies. Basically what it is is one shot that goes in there with some CRISPR and with the little the code to produce these antibodies, it gets in there, it starts changing those B cells. So these B cells have the capability to produce the antibodies against HIV. And then if your body encounters HIV, it produces these, these antibodies in such a way that it basically wipes them out before they can get a foothold in. In there. And in animal models, they are producing tons of antibodies. Everything looks like it's working really well. They're pulling the antibodies out of the animals, checking them, you know, in lab to see if it still kills the actual HIV virus. And it does. Everything is looking really good. And this has the potential to really change things because this could be a legit one shot treatment that would basically train your body to fight off HIV. And we don't know how long it would last, but presuming that it lasts some amount of time, it would also act as a vaccine for people to not be infected later on. OK, so you, you okay, that was my question. Is this a vaccine that I take before um, I go to college as a young gay male or... Uh -huh. Do I take this uh, after I've come down with, with HIV? Yeah, well, I, I mean, it may be something that could be both. The idea is the discovery that you can use CRISPR to basically modify these in vivo, meaning in the actual person, not in a lab. One shot, modify the person's B cells in essentially indefinitely, and then change their immune system to the point where their immune system can now fight off HIV. It is almost a much more detailed, much more precise genetic version of what we talked about, that big thing of curing HIV by doing this big bone marrow transplant and all that kind of stuff. It is basically a very targeted type of version. I, I don't think they're actually doing the same thing. I think one has to do with having different binding sites. This one has to do with producing antibodies. But it is selecting part of your immune system to alter, this time instead of doing a transplant, doing genetic engineering. And that genetic engineering could very well make you either immune to HIV or even help you fight HIV out and clear it out of your system absolutely amazing news just because something has drugs that can help people survive on does not mean it is not still a plague that is not still devastating people's lives and communities especially if you are also affected with poverty which makes a lot of that treatment outside of your grasp this is amazing news and every step forward we get to a cure or a vaccine or some combination of both is fucking fantastic for humanity ronald reagan once said the exact opposite of everything you just said in the 80s but uh, by the way, and everybody cheered. By the way, like it was—it's huh. was not a pariah thing. This wasn't like somebody's leaking a Weinstein tape or something. It was like it was at a rally, and there was dudes with signs that said it. Way to miss, Hinkley. Way to fucking miss. You could have—you could have saved the fucking planet. 
But wait a minute. By the way, B, why don't we do something like this before? In my mind, it makes a lot of sense. There's there yeah, B cell. I think B, I think, uh, you know, just as you think Mr. T for T cells, I think yeah. B. Arthur for B cells. You know who reminds me of B. Arthur? You've met her as well. Mm. My grandmother. And she very much sure. disapproves of HIV. So this was always yeah. a no-brainer for me. Your grandmother has been described as uh, the much less exuberantly fun B. Arthur. Yeah. Or, or like... So, so, <laughs> yeah, which just says a lot, because B. Arthur never played, like, the fun-loving yes. party roles. No. <laughs> no. No. B. Arthur has been referred to as the tarot read of the 2000s version of your yeah. grandma, yeah. actually. That's a more <laughs> accurate... Yeah. Bobby, Bobby once rode uh, to, to a football practice with my grandmother. She picked... I was like, I picked him up. And, like, my grandmother... He's like a scarier version of B. Arthur, even though like B. Arthur's yeah. a very large woman, like a tall woman. My grandmother's yeah. much smaller, but like looks just like her, but like like never like comically never smiles. Almost like it's an SNL bit. Yeah. Like you she dropped us off at football practice and you were like, Man, is, is she mad at you? She mad at me? And I was like, No, that's she was fine. I don't know. <laughs> It was more than that. It's she's actively frowning at all times. Like if she just wasn't smiling, that's fine. Like she's working at it. There's there's a pull at the bottom of the lips towards the chin that you can tell she's like I'm just actively pissed at any given time. You know it's crazy. You know like like you would think that she grew up during the Great Depression and she's I mean she's old but she's not that old. Like it's a it's a frame of mind. Like I I think in high school she just frowned all the time. <laughs> disapproving oh dear well thank you audience for coming back for science faction 616 where you learned all about the origins of the black death and how we might have a possible one-shot aids treatment or even possible vaccine thank you so much for joining us and come on back next week for science faction 616 great more work done on hiv that's great meanwhile those of us with middle-aged onset dick gout continue to get nothing I'm just sitting here, and it hurts so much. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right.